So it'll be in Luke 24 and Philippians 1. And so if you're a guest, we just want to welcome you. Thank you for coming out. We know that it's the Metroplex. You can choose of anywhere you want to go, any style. And so thank you for being here. We appreciate it. We do say this. We pray that every one of our guests receive a special something from the Lord, a double. Whatever the Lord's doing in the room, we pray that you get double. And we just know God is a God of hospitality. And so what we generally pray is that over the next two weeks, something specific you've been asking God for, that maybe you haven't asked him for, maybe it's just in your heart and you're afraid to whisper it, that he would do that thing for you. And we've seen over the last few months, when we say this two-week timetable, the Lord's doing stuff in these two-week times. He can do it instantly. But we're just given a target where we're going to be looking for it. And we're going to tune ourselves to what he's doing so we can have what he wants us to have. So in the next two weeks, we're asking for God to do something special for you and for your family. Maybe something you haven't even thought of. Maybe you haven't even whispered it out loud. Amen. So, Father, we just pray over that right now that you would do these things. That you are still a God of miracles and you make way, uh, ways in the desert. And you bring streams in the wasteland. And so we ask that you do this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want to read this. Luke 24, verse 1. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I just like it. It's one of my favorites. So Luke 24, verse 1. It says, Very early that Sunday morning, the women made their way to the tomb, carrying their spices that they had prepared. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, Jesus' mother. Arriving at the tomb... Excuse me. They discovered that the huge stone covering the entrance had been rolled aside, so they went in to look. But the tomb was empty. Everyone say the tomb was empty. All right. That's why we're here, right? The tomb was empty, and the body of Jesus was gone. So they stood there, and they were stunned and perplexed. I think Mandy opened the service saying that God wanted to astonish us. Well, that's what they felt when they saw this miracle. They were astonished. I mean, we want to be astonished by God. Like when he does something, you're like, wow, only God can do that. That's a really big deal. I've tried really hard to make that happen, and God just did it. And we're astonished. He's going to astound us. The Bible says he would astound us again with wonder upon wonder. Come on. And that's how they felt. They were astounded and perplexed. And suddenly two men in dazzling white robes, shining like lightning, appeared before them. And they were terrified, and the women fell to the ground on their faces. The only appropriate response, right? We come in peace. All right. The men in white said to them, why would you look for the living one in the tomb? Come on. He is not here for he has risen. Have you forgotten what he said to you while he was with you in Galilee? The son of man is destined to be handed over to sinful men to be nailed on a cross. And on the third day, he will will happen. He will rise again. He's reminding them of what Jesus told them. How many of you have ever been, you've been going along your life and God reminds you of something he told you before? He's reminding us for a reason. It recalibrates us. We get, we get our thoughts going various ways. And he'll come in and he'll just whisper. He'll say something to us and it will remind us. It gets us back on track. And so he's reminding them, hey, he said he was going to do this. Why are you perplexed? Why are you, why are you fearful? Why are you afraid? Why are you worrying about what the future holds? Jesus did exactly what he said he was going to do. He said he's going to be crucified by sinful men on a cross. And three days later, he would rise again. You just saw it. Yeah? All right, let's move on. So all at once, they remembered his words. All at once, they remembered his words. 
leaving the tomb, they went, <clears throat> they went to break the news to the eleven and to the others of what, uh, of what they had seen and what they had heard. And when the disciples heard the testimony of the women, it made no sense. I love this. They're just normal men, right? That, that would've, I would have been like, this doesn't make any sense. It made no sense to them, and they were unable to believe what they heard. But Peter jumped up, and he ran the entire distance to the tomb to see for himself. How many would have done that? i got to see this for myself. All right, y'all can talk about whatever you want. I don't care about all the talking. I just want to see for myself. He takes off, and he looks inside, and he discovers that the tomb was empty. There was only the linen sheet lying there. Staggered by this, he walked away, wondering, what does this mean? What does this mean? All right, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Philippians 1, verse 6. It says, I pray with great faith for you, because I'm fully convinced that the one who began a good work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to, to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever heard that scripture before? That he who began a good work in you will carry it to completion. All right? It's really important for us to, to realize that when God says something, he does what he says. This is something that we're trying to practice in our home all the time with our kids because we want our kids to know if we're a demonstration of God, then we want to keep our word to our children. If we tell them we're going to do something, even if it means you're grounded, then we keep our word and we ground them. If we tell them we're going to take them for out to eat their favorite restaurant, then we better do what we say we're going to do because we are a representation in the home of God our Father. And God always does what He says He's going to do. He never leaves a promise unfulfilled. He never leaves us wanting more. He always satisfies us completely. And I want you to know that if God has made you a promise, if God has said something to you, He will do everything that He said. And He will fulfill it beyond your wildest, wildest imaginations. Because the Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all you could ask, which is our prayer life, or think, which is our imagination. So Jesus, and he can do more than what we can ask him for, and then beyond what we can even dream of, he does this. And so I want you to, to be recalibrated today to realize that the cross and the empty grave is, means fulfilled. He does what he says he's going to do. He never breaks a promise. He always is a man of his word. And so I want you to know that if he began something in you, he will bring it to fulfillment. He will bring it to a place of completion. He will not leave you undone. How many have ever felt undone before? Like, man, I'm a mess. I've been there a lot. You go through different seasons. I'm a mess right now, God. I don't even know which way is up. He who began a good work in you will carry it to fulfillment until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. So Jesus fulfilled every prophecy spoken about him. Did you know that? We don't talk about this a lot in church because we don't dig deep on Sunday mornings. It's more like a Sunday school or a Bible study kind of thing. But there were a lot of prophecies about Jesus, and he checked the box on every one of them. Every one of them. I have a list of like 55 prom prophecies about Jesus that he fulfilled. Exactly. Like 55 of them. There's, there's more than just that, but this is just a list that came up over this week, just studying and looking back. 55 things that he did that God said he would do. And see, in Matthew 5, 18, Jesus said this, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter 
or stroke shall pass away until all is accomplished. Another translation says, not one T will be uncrossed or one I undotted until I do every word that I said that I would do. See, prophecy is a really big deal. Some of us think of prophecy and we get an image, but prophecy is just God speaking. He's speaking to us. He's releasing something to us. And so when God prophesies, when He says something, when, when someone prophesies over us, I know just last, at Friday at communion, we've, there was someone that was prophesied over, and I, we knew it was God. There was a word on it. Like, that thing is going to come to pass because it's God speaking it, right? It's a big deal when a prophecy comes forward. You're like, well, I don't, I don't know if I've been prophesied over. Well, we're going we're gonna to get to that as we go through here because He fashioned you and He formed you. He spoke you into existence. And not one T of your life, not one I will be left undotted. It will all be accomplished. He will do all of it. How many of you get stuck and you're like, well, I don't see how to get from here to there. You don't have to worry about from here to there. What's the lesson we've been learning lately? Chris, what's the lesson we've been learning lately? Take the next step. Next step. We don't have to worry about 10 steps down the road. This, this takes so much pressure off of life. I don't know how to fix this big mess. Well, what's the first thing we should do? Do the first thing first. All right? Now what? Now do the next thing. You don't have to run yet. You don't have to fly yet. Just do the next step of righteousness. Do the next right thing. The next step of obedience. And after time, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. You will look back and be like, how did I get here? It was a simple step here and a simple step there and a simple step there. This is the truth. This is the truth. So you're like, well, I don't know how to get from here to there. Don't worry about how to get from here. That's not our job to figure out. Come on. Jesus, a lot of times, would even talk about himself, what he came to do. I came to seek that which was lost. I came to destroy the works of Satan. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give life abundantly. I have to be about my dad's business. I didn't come to do my will. I came to do... The will of the one who sent me. Come on, then there's like 55 other things. I told you if you, wanna, if you want that list, I'll give it to you later. I'm not going to read all of it today. I'm going to be short on Easter. You're getting an Easter short Easter message. You're welcome. <laughs> when Jesus was on the cross, what was the last thing he said? Let's just say that. It is finished. The word finished means it is fulfilled. Everything that you said I came to do is done. Did you know that that wasn't just speaking about the past or the present, but it was prophecy of the future? See, we we use words about God that we see it in time. God doesn't see it in time. We've used this before in the example of God's faithful, Right? God is faithful. We usually say that when God comes through for us. Like, man, God is faithful. He just did something in the present. Or we use it when we're talking about, man, remember back then when God came through, God is faithful then, right? But the word faithful is not bound to time. It's a timeless word. So when we describe God with words like he's faithful or he will fulfill his promises, these aren't just past and present words. They're prophetic words. They speak of the future as well. They're a testimony of the future that God's going to fulfill with us. So when we say God will fulfill every promise, He did then, He's doing it now, and He will continue to fulfill His promise. He's faithful. Amen? 
So when Jesus spoke these things and he said, it is fulfilled, it is finished. He finished the work of the law because the law had an appetite for punishment. How many, how many have ever read the Bible and noticed the law demanded for a sacrifice for sin? It demanded punishment. And Jesus became the sacrifice that fulfilled the law's appetite for punishment. So Jesus fulfilled. He said it is finished. The appetite of the law to punish mankind for sin is fulfilled. Yeah. It is finished. And in that saying, it is finished, the new covenant was written in his blood where every one of us now becomes sons and daughters. Where we receive instead of punishment from God, we receive discipline from him as a, as a father. See, the law punished, but a father disciplines. And when Jesus gave us the rights to be called sons and daughters through his blood and through his resurrection, we now can come to the Father. And instead of being punished for wrong or punished for attitude or punished for whatever, we gain discipline from him, which causes us to, to raise the standard in our life. It's an empowering thing. It's the grace of God. Right? Amen. You guys still with me? So when Jesus said it is finished, he was making a past, present, and future declaration over everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Have you called on the name of the Lord? It is finished for you. It is fulfilled for you. This was a declaration that everything the Father sent him to do was done. That he, he was punished once and for all. And he was, he was raised from the dead just like he said he would. And then he left just like he said he would leave. And who came? Holy Spirit came. Everything Jesus said would happen, happened. Every single time. Come on, y'all, yeah. track with me. Everything Jesus said happened. And Jesus was a direct representation of who? Father. Which means you can trust the Father. We've talked about this quite a bit over the years, but just, just to make sure we're all tracking in the same place. God is our dad. And he's safe. We don't have to be afraid of him. He will not crush us. He's not dis disappointed with us. Come on. Yeah. He doesn't look at us and say, man, I wish they were this way. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't look at us and think, man, they're, so, they're, they're missing. Man, if you, would just, if you would just achieve your potential, I could love you so much better. Yeah. He's a father. And he's faithful and he's good and he absolutely loves us. His love is reckless. We sing about it. Yeah. There's nothing he won't do. To reveal his love for us. Amen. So dad is safe. He's safe. Jesus came. Yes, he came to forgive us for our sins. But more than anything, he came to show us that his father is now our father and he's safe. He's safe. So all the biblical prophecies, the 55 and then more than that, and all the things Jesus said were fulfilled. So if he was that tedious to fulfill every word his father spoke, then the same Savior who fulfilled those things will not leave you unfulfilled. And I really felt this. I was driving to church last Sunday, and the Lord dropped this thought of fulfillment, yeah. being fulfilled in God, like Man. being fulfilled. How many want to have a fulfilled life? Yeah. Man. Like we, that word fulfilled is a strange word. We don't really talk about it a lot. But it means overflowing with satisfaction. It means to be made fat. 
It means an abundance of maturity, of everything that you would need, you have more than you need. You name it. And if God and His Son and Holy Spirit are faithful to fulfill every word they speak, then the the design for our life, because we all have a design on us. He designed us specifically. And the design on our life, He will not leave us unfulfilled. And I, I, I've been in church a long time. Most, most of you have been in church for a while, right? Amen. How many Christians we sit in seats every Sunday unfulfilled? I mean, we've got the Savior of the world living inside of us. The same Spirit that raised Him from the dead dwells in us. Yet we have a disconnect from our mind to our heart. And we're unfulfilled. And I felt like the Lord said that He wants you to be fulfilled. He wants you to be satisfied in every area of your life. He wants your marriage to be fulfilled. He wants your finances to be fulfilled. He wants your health to be fulfilled. Amen. He wants your dreams to be fulfilled. Yes, sir. The risks that you're taking, he wants it to be fulfilled, man. Fulfilled. Amen. Overflowing with abundance. More than enough. Completed. Isaiah 12, 3 says to drink deep from the wells of salvation. I love that. I I say that scripture a lot. I tell the Lord, God, I want to drink deep from the wells of salvation, from the wells of fulfillment. I I want it to permeate every area of my life. I want to be fulfilled. Let's close it, all right? Let's close it out with a couple of thoughts. You know that doesn't mean a lot, right? When Jesus meets the woman at the well, my, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, for a lot of reasons. But Jesus meets the woman at the well, it's in John 4. Jesus told her, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for a drink. I remember a few weeks back we talked about that. I, I can't get away from this. The Lord keeps bringing this up every day of my life. Jared, if you really knew who I was, yeah. you would ask. Come on, Every one of you in this room, if you really knew who he was, you would ask him. And what you ask him for, he would give you way more than what you ever could have imagined. And she's like, well, he's like, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for a drink and I would give you a drink and you will never be thirsty again. You will never be unfulfilled again. And she's like, well, how can you, you didn't even bring a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I am the drink. I am the wells of salvation. He's just like, well, give me a drink. And I hear that for us today. I hear that over our church. And here's what's really interesting. So he says, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for a drink. And I would give you a drink. You'll never be thirsty again. And she's like, well, give me that drink. And he goes, go get your husband. That doesn't sound like a drink. (laughs) To her, that did not sound like a drink. That sounded like pain. She's like, well, I don't actually have a husband. He's like, you're right. You had five of them. And this one doesn't care enough about you to even marry you. What did she need? She needed to be validated. She had been rejected by five men and a sixth man 
didn't think she was even worthy of marriage. She was a rejected woman. She wasn't just some flucy woman. We tell the story wrong all the time. Like, oh, she was just she was just crazy out there marrying and being with different men, and she was she was a flucy. No, she was rejected by men over and over and over again. And here is a man talking to her that shouldn't even be talking to her because he was a Jew and she's a Samaritan. He's a male and she's a female. He's righteous and holy and she didn't feel righteous and holy. And when he says, I'll give you a drink. Okay, go get your husband. In a moment, all of the good feelings that she was having went out the window. And she's like, "Um, actually, this is who I really am. But guess what? That was the drink. That was the drink. Jesus went straight to the source of her unfulfillment. Straight to it. He knew what she needed more than she knew what she needed. And the Lord's here today and he's saying this to you. He's saying this. I know what you need more than you know what you need. Enter into conversation with me. Let me take the conversation where I want it to go. Yeah. Nothing's off limits. This is, this is how I pray, honestly. God, nothing's off limits with me. This is my prayer life. It's a, it's a, it's a scary prayer. And I, I promise you that, that I, I'm asking him for a drink and he brings something else up. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I want a drink. I want to feel good. I need a pat on the back. I want to be validated. And he's like, well, let's talk about this first. That was the, that was the source of my unfulfillment. I didn't even know it. Time and time and time yeah. again. So if we shut ourselves off from God and say, oh, there, you can have access here, but you can't have access there. We're shutting ourselves off from the deep wells of salvation. So he engages this woman in a conversation of intimacy, of knowing her. Her deepest, darkest secrets and unfulfillment. And what is she after the whole story's over? And he says, go and sin no more. And he's just speaking life over her. What does she tell everybody when she goes back? Come see a man who knew everything about me. That's the sound of fulfillment. See, fulfillment is being known. I'm going to hit this for a second. Isolation, when we isolate ourselves, we can never be fulfilled. It's just not possible. We, we are not fulfilling in ourselves, by ourselves, alone, distant, somewhere else. You have to be connected to people to be fulfilled. Yeah. It's the truth. It's the absolute truth. And God wants us to be fulfilled. Find your tribe. Find your people you trust. Find the people that you can go to in a time of crisis or a time of, of rejoicing. They'll yeah. celebrate with you. Here's how you find out if you can count on someone or not. When you celebrate, do they celebrate with you? When you find someone who will celebrate with you, stick with them for life. Because people will always commiserate with other people. You start talking about how bad things are, you can line people up that will talk about how bad things are with you. Those aren't the people you need. In your tribe. Find someone that will celebrate with your victories and then stick with them for life because they'll stick with you through ups and downs. It doesn't matter. They won't be jealous of your, of your victories. They won't be jealous of your success and they'll stand with you and you will begin to see fulfillment. See, God put us in a body and a family for a reason because fulfillment comes through his body. 
Amen? He said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part of my kingdom. And we are the body of Christ, and fulfillment happens inside of a tribe, inside of community. And so I'm going to ask you just right now, I want you to think about it. Have you been sitting unfulfilled, empty? Because today is not about, it's not just about the blood of Jesus, even though it's about that. It's not just about our sins being paid for, thank God it's about that, but it's not just about that. And it's not just about the tomb being empty for Jesus. It means that he did everything he said he would do and that he will fulfill me completely. What would it look like if just the people in this room begin to be fulfilled by God? I mean, fulfilled, happy, satisfied, not looking somewhere else for a drink, but drinking from the wells of salvation, not changing the subject when God speaks about something painful, but letting him talk it through, let him go with it. Young people, he wants you to be fulfilled. Yes, he does. And some, I, I know you're like, how do I get there? Just do the next thing. He wants to fulfill you. Come on, guys. He wants you to be fulfilled. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, come on. You have to believe it first. Yes. He wants you to be Amen. fulfilled. Nothing's impossible. Yeah. Your marriage, Father, in Jesus' name, I speak over every marriage in this room. Fulfillment. utter fulfillment in Jesus' name. I know when, when Mandy and I first got married and we'd pull up next to a married couple, we would assume married couple next to the car and they're just sitting there not talking to each other. We would look at each other and say, we're never going to be those people. <laughs> and now you get in the car, it's your happy place. When you're by yourself, no kids are in this car. We don't need, I just want to sit in the car with you, babe. I don't even want to talk. I just want some quiet. Fulfillment looks different in seasons, right? But your marriages, he wants it to be fulfilled. He wants it to be the best it can be. The dreams in your heart that haven't come true, he wants them to be fulfilled. If he would not miss one cross of a T and one dot of an I, he won't leave you unfulfilled. Amen? Why don't you stand? We're just going to pray into this. I don't know how we're going to do this yet, but we'll figure it out as we go. We're winging it. Come on. Best way. Come on. John 1.14 says that of his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Of his fullness. So everything we've received from the Father, everything we receive through Christ is of his fullness. It's not of, of deficit. It's of his, full, of his overflow. So Father, right now, I ask that you would just begin to speak to hearts. I ask that you begin conversations. Brave talk. That will lead to fulfillment. That will lead to a drink that will never be thirsty again. First question, you can keep your heads bowed if you'd like to. If you're here and you're, you're disconnected from the Father, you know, I, mean, I just feel disconnected. 
I'm not rebellious. I'm not angry. None of that. I'm just disconnected from him. And you want to make sure that you're reconnected right now. Would you just raise your hand? Thank you, sir. All right. It's done. It's done right now. We turn to him. Come on. When we turn to him, it's restored instantly. We're reconnected. You're recalibrated. Start a dialogue with him from this point forward. Nothing's off limits. Let him talk with us. Come on. All right, here's the next question. If you've been unfulfilled and you're tired of living unfulfilled, and maybe your life looks good, but you're like, man, there's just something missing. And you want that to shift. You want a new season of fulfillment. Would you just raise your hand? I'm raising my hand. I want a new season of fulfillment. Something to change. I want to be fulfilled, satisfied, content. That's what Paul said. I've learned to be content. I've had a lot. I've had nothing. I've learned the secret is to be content in every season of life. That's called fulfillment. Father, I declare that over every one of us that raise our hand. A season of contentment with you. A season of fulfillment, of simple trust that you're our provider and that you're going to finish every part of us. That we will be complete and mature, not lacking anything. That we will look like you when this is all over with God. Father, I ask now that that you would release from heaven new tools in Jesus' name. New tools to aid in fulfillment. New ways of communicating, new ways of thinking, new levels of vulnerability, God, that will aid in our fulfillment. So why don't you pray for someone next to you? That God will fulfill them. Come on, pray your Christmas list over them. Every good thing you can think of, pray it over them, bless them. Are getting good news, so we just 
we're about to send out just for the prayer warriors to pray for Felice and for this next season. She's yeah. she's been approved for transplant, right? And so, no, she's not yet. She's on the list. Yes. But this is a big step. This is a big step. Yeah, so we're going to join with him. We're going to come into full agreement with him for complete healing. This has been going on for way too long. And so, Father, we just release right now over Paul and Felice fulfillment of your promise over them of health, divine health, that they will get their lives back. Yes, Lord. They'll get their lives back in Jesus' name. Everybody good? Yeah. If you better. want prayer for anything, someone will meet here at the front for anything. Don't leave um, with a weight. Do not leave with a weight. You're awesome. We just bless you. We're glad that you're here. We pray that you are fulfilled in the next two weeks that you'll get surprises and gifts from the Father. Thank you for being here. Be blessed. Uh, amen. That's it.